Welcome to Talking Foosball Fantasy, your source for all things official fantasy Bundesliga with player picks as well-timed as an Aki Vatska biography release, fantasy advice as head-scratching as Gladbach's league lead and pundits who are ready to redeem themselves after skipping an episode. We do apologise. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, one and all. My name is James Surrogate. This is Talking Foosball Fantasy Season 3, Episode 7. And joining me as ever, it is of course the fantasy foosball got himself flow. Flow, we had unlimited transfers. We have unlimited transfers right now. How many times have you tinkered with your team? Uh, just a few times, actually. Not that much, because a lot of how my teams will shape out will depend on the lineups of the Friday evening game. So that's something. I, I have some placeholders in the squad, and I'm ready to switch between players when I see the lineup. So. Yeah, that's it. That Friday lineup is going to get the ball rolling. And that's it. Yeah. So we missed the last episode before the international break due to work commitments. And again, I will reiterate that we do apologize. I think you can tell the fact that we were definitely under a crunch when I can't even spell the word accept correctly on Twitter in my apology tweet. And I put accept instead because I was dictating it to my phone in a rush to get it out and actually let you guys know what was going on. But we are back to help you through one of the more difficult times in any Bundesliga fantasy season. And it's when you have have unlimited transfers at your disposal because all of a sudden you've got this world of options at your disposal to pick from and sometimes you can run into a few errors and a few problems we're here to help make sure that doesn't happen but because we've got a lot to get through on today's bumper episode I think the best place to start is probably with the plethora of listener questions that got sent in because everyone wants to know how to use their unlimited transfers flow it's such a headache so i'll start with an easy one from at korosh for you he wants to know is it time to choose royce or sancho or stick to both i personally will get at most one of these two guys and i prefer sancho out of these two because just Dortmund doesn't have good fixtures to start off after the unlimited transfers. They're now hosting Mönchengladbach. Um, then they're traveling to Schalke. It's the Riviera Derby. We know anything can happen there. And then they host Wolfsburg. So far, the best defense in the Bundesliga. And after that, it's traveling to Munich for their Klassiker. So I'm actually definitely going light on Dortmund players until after match day 11 because after that they play on the friday evening against paderborn so that's when i'm going to kick off my team with Dortmund players yeah bring it bring in three Dortmund players just for that Friday night fixture against Paderborn I can see it happening already no I think that's a fair assessment their next four games are very very tricky Korosh also has two other questions and he wants to know about two players in particular flow firstly he wants to know whether Rashica is fit enough and secondly he asks if Grifo starts will it hurt Schmidt's value or not so the first point about Rashica, everyone who watched the Frankfurt game could see that he wasn't at 100%. He wasn't his usual self. His shots, they lacked the urgency he usually has with them. I saw bits of his international game against uh, Montenegro. He had some good shots at goal. So I think he's better than uh, two weeks ago, obviously. He's not the lock he was at the start of the season for me and that's also because I mean this week a home game against Hertha that's good but then after that they're traveling to Leverkusen and despite having Peter Bosch as a coach I think they've already got three clean sheets I've never thought 
that would happen. But so I'm, I don't rush to get Rashica in my team, even if he's at 100%. And we're not sure that he actually is. And the second question, I don't think Grifo will start. If he would start, he would hurt Schmidt's value, but the Freiburg defender I much rather have than Schmidt is Christian Günther. And with him, I don't care if Grifo is back in the lineup because he's the set piece taker if the ball is laying on a position where it is for a left footed player, and that's Christian Günther. So it doesn't really matter if. Griefel plays or not for Günther. And I think he's a, around 2 million more than Schmid and definitely my choice. Yeah, I would, I mean, yeah, ultimately I'd agree with both of those. Rashica was a bit of a tough watch against Frankfurt, but then he did get involved in a goal, I think, for a third game running in the Bundesliga, if I'm not mistaken. Although I probably owe you an apology, Flo, because I've commentated two Bremen games this season and you've dropped points in both of them. And yeah, as for Grifo, I, I, yeah, when it comes to Schmid, I think Schmid was actually hurting his own value long before Grifo. Grifo really starts coming into the picture. And so, yeah, I agree with Flo Gunter's the better choice. Okay, next question from at a German team, 1900. He asks, how much stock should be put into upcoming fixtures, i.e. I like Freiburg's matchup with Union, but not so much after that. He put that all in brackets. So he's asking how much stock should be put into upcoming fixtures versus trying to fill your squad with players who have performed well so far in the season. I actually take a lot of stock in how the fixtures look like around the next three match days. I think it's really, really tough to plan further ahead than that. But I don't like to bring in too many players who I have to sell like in the in the week after the eighth match day. For instance, Union Berlin, they've got a matchup at home against Freiburg. There are definitely fantasy options that are viable this week for Union, but then they're traveling to Munich. I don't like that that much. And Freiburg is playing at Berlin and he entered at it after that. They hosting Leipzig. So I'm definitely looking at clubs who have good to neutral matchups this and next week at least. And um, that's how I plan around. I think you can get too cute with it. So for instance, with the Dortmund players, they proven assets. And I, I'd have to have a good reason not to feel Sancho, for instance, um, ahead of other players because I know he'll perform and they're playing Gladbach, Schalke. And then it's at home, I think, let me check, against Wolfsburg. So not great matchups, but we know Sancho can still perform and uh, he gives you definitely a, a decent floor, I think, in, in points. But all in all, I take matchup. And the form the the clubs are in definitely into consideration uh, when I make my squad decisions. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll add to that point is I think what we've learned over our time with Bundesliga Fantasy is that there are obviously players... And, and Flo alluded to a couple there that can pick up points whether their team wins or loses. So I think I am I'm more a form over fixtures type person if, if I was counting the balance. But fixtures, you've got to take them into consideration. And Flo's already talked about Dortmund's next four fixtures. You can look at others and, you know, even you go down to your smaller teams. I know at Folks Connect on Twitter did a thread about the fixtures for the top six sides in the Bundesliga right now and how 
all of them aren't the most don't have the most attractive fixture list. And if you go further down the table, of course, there are budget options you can pick. You just never know, though. Mines, for instance, have have three really good fixtures in the next four. But can you tell me one player that you can guarantee would get massive points in all three of those fixtures? No, it's always a tricky thing. And with the flexibility of the three transfers a week, I think Flo's made a pretty salient point there in saying that take the next three match days into account. Don't go too much further down the line. I personally used to make that mistake all the time. I learned my lesson two years ago with Timo Werner when I brought him in for a five-game spell and actually sold him after the second game because I was so disgruntled and then I should have kept him because he did well. And those types of things can cause you a few hiccups here and there. Moving on to the next question, at underscore Kai Duss underscore... He says, do we have an update regarding Castells? Heard something about him being back in training, but couldn't tell if the source was reliable. If Pervan is no longer an option, is going Zentner plus a 1 million option a viable way to go? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I think Pervan will get a start this week, but after that, it's up in the air. And that's why I personally will stay away from Pervan because I don't like to do transfers at my goalkeepers during the not unlimited transfer phases of the game. That's why I personally won't look at Pervan, but uh, he's going to start uh, this week, I think. Sentna uh, is definitely the building block where I probably will build around. And then you could either go with a 1 million. That's a viable option if you have a lot of high-priced guys you really like. I think you can do that. Or you pair him up with another goalkeeper. And I think we'll touch on that later, uh, which way to go there. Yeah, on the topic, we are going to talk about goalkeepers a fair bit in today's episode, which I'm sure will please our friend Milan out there. But yeah, I agree with you on Pervan and Zentner is definitely the best choice. I would say if you, I mean... Zentner plus a 1 million option I'd almost wonder whether bringing in Zentner and Muller but then you're spending the same amount on Muller as you would on you know, I wouldn't you, do that no, yeah, well, sorry I'm just talking it through out loud here but yes you wouldn't then want to do that because Stefan Ruinov there are other goalkeepers in and around Muller's price that even if you are concerned about Zentner potentially getting rotated back out which is possible Florian Muller is still a doubt right now because I think he's got the flu but it does look like Zentner's pretty much nailed down the starting spot in between the sticks for Mainz but yeah it's, it's a tricky one I think Zentner plus another viable option that's a little bit more expensive is probably the better option going forward but I'm like Flo I want my goalkeepers nailed down from now until the winter break and I won't be looking to make changes we do have uh, another question about a goalkeeper it comes with a Another question, a second question as well from at Hafid FW. He asks for the must-have assets from each position and does indeed ask for the best goalkeeper as well that's cheap. Zentner is 2.1. So he's 3 million less, more than 3 million less than the next cheapest a goalkeeper who actually plays. And that makes him a standout value. And that's why I personally going to plan around Zentner. You definitely can go other Roots, if you, for instance, like Stefan that much, that you want to check who pairs up best with Stefan, but I personally uh, go Zentner. And my must-haves would be Kimmich in defense. I mean, it's it's a boring list, but Kimmich in defense, Sabitzer as a midfielder. I actually, I I looked a bit into his stats, Marcel Sabitzer. He's 13.3 million. That means he's, 
is actually a bit cheaper on, and, and a lot cheaper than the, the most expensive midfielders, but he's involved in over six shots per 90 minutes. That's one of the best ratios of all Bundesliga players, especially of all midfielders. And I think for his price tag, he's a must-have for me. And up front, of course, is Lewandowski. And that would be the three guys I'm definitely going to have in my squad. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, Sabitzer, uh, I think only, Le- if I'm right, only Lewandowski has risen in price more this season than Marcel Sabitzer. Because, yeah, I think the, the, the organisers of the game did us a big favour making Marcel Sabitzer 12 million at the start of the season, which I have to say I was absolutely delighted about because it's helped out with a lot of things. I, You know what? I don't disagree. I, I You could make the Sancho over Sabitzer argument, but... Marcel Sabitz is, yeah, over 4 million less and has been in ridiculously good form. Okay, let's move on to the next question then. Or I say, it's a three-part question flow from our good friend at Ignatius Brian L1. He asked for Leverkusen's best option out of Harvard's Folland and Amiri. I actually like Amiri quite a bit and that's also because I looked the stats up during the international break and it, like if you calculate his involvement in shots onto 90 minutes... Amiri is outstanding. I think he's over seven. So he's even better than Sabitzer and one of the top of the, the Bundesliga. So the problem with him is he not always plays 90 minutes. But still, on a Friday evening, if I know he's in the starting 11, I definitely would go for Amiri there. And Folland is a bit tricky for me. If Alario plays, I don't like him that much because he plays on the wing then. If Alario doesn't play in uh, at Frankfurt, and we'll know that because it's a Friday evening game. Uh, I think Folland uh, is definitely a good choice, especially uh, since Leverkusen has the next match day, a home match uh, against Werder Bremen uh, as a standalone fixture. So um, it's definitely uh, not a bad idea to invest in them. No, so- sound points made there. Then the and next- Havertz Ooh. is just too expensive for my taste at the moment so for what he's giving you back. Yeah, he's a tricky one. So I got I got rid of Harvets the game before the international break. I think there may have been other... I mean, a bit of a strange move to make after he had a, a breakout performance the game before that, but it was the time to free up the budget for me because I needed some re- re- I needed some reinforcements in my back line, to be honest. And the only way to facilitate that was to get rid of Harvets. But I mean, he is starting to pick up form. We saw him go through a bit of a patchy uh, start to the season, um, but he's, he's come on strong recently, so he's not to be underestimated. But I agree with you, the 70 million price tag is just not attractive right now okay the next two parts of brian's question are a yes or no so this should go quick he asks is swat said are a better option than amin harit no especially since uh Arit, we've seen him take a penalty so um, that's definitely a plus on his side i think sada might be a bit more consistent but harit for me especially since i think he's even cheaper one million a better option yeah the only thing i'd add to that is that swat said hasn't exactly been known for goal scoring in his bundesliga career i know he's had a good start to the season but i'm not sure that is necessarily reliable whereas harry i think you can the second of his yes and no questions he asks will plattenhart start now that he is healed no i think jovic won't change his back four unless he must have to do that and he doesn't and Mittelstedt is a great talent and I think he'll start at left back 
Yeah, I think that's a fair assumption. Let's move on to the next question then. At Azam Alif asks for the three top midfielders that you would set and forget, excluding long-term injuries. I like that phrase, set and forget as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that one, Azam. So thanks very much for that. Yeah, all three we talked about already. It's Sabitza, Amiri, and Sancho for me. The, you'd throw Amiri in there as well. Yeah, I do. Is that is Just that because of the Arangis? He's eleven point seven million, mm-hmm. so he's cheap with Arangis injured for a bit uh, Demir Bay will play uh, more uh, in a defensive position he doesn't have as much competition and as long as he's in the starting lineup I think he's a great choice for that price tag no I completely agree I, I really do like the look of Amiri and and the Arangis injury does help open it up to him getting more minutes on a more regular basis but in terms of a set and forget, if you were to pick three from now until the end of the season, Amiri's a bit of a risky one. If money's not an option... I'll- yeah, I mean, it's it's a given that if he's not starting, I'll uh, get rid of him. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I just- so I implied that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As long as he's starting. And at the moment, I don't see any reason why uh, Amiri won't be a regular starter for Leverkusen. No, I, I agree with that. And Bosch definitely seems to be a bigger fan of his than he is Demir Bais, which I didn't think would be the case uh, at the start of the season. The other name I'd throw out there is Philip Kostic, because I think in terms of a... This is if price isn't a problem, and then we've thrown out Sabitzer, Sancho, Kostic and Amiri, and they're all above you know 11 million. But Kostic has been ridiculously consistent for a guy that hasn't scored this season. And in terms of the fact that Frankfurt are whipping in as many crosses as they are in the current campaign, I think he's well worth considering as well. If you're looking for cheaper, then I think... We've already talked about Amin Arit as well. He is the one that would I would throw out there under 10 million because of his importance to the Schalke team. At Astorians, on to the next question, Flo. He says, Roussillon seems to be very fragile this season. Is it a time to drop him for good from your BL fantasy team in favour of, for example, William? I definitely would drop Roussillon, but I uh, won't bring in another Wolfsburg player. So Wolfsburg, they played against no team that's uh, in the top half of the table so far and I mean it's just logic what's now going to happen is they have a lot of tough games coming up now so they're playing at Leipzig right now after that okay it's a home game against Augsburg I like that so I might bring in one or two Wolfsburg players for next week but then they're traveling to Dortmund and after that it's Leverkusen and then it's Frankfurt and so on and so forth so I wouldn't make Wolfsburg play as a building block of my team yeah especially not in your back line and and William let's be honest he has proven in the past that he can pick up points even if Wolfsburg don't play well but I agree with you I think given uh, what William's price is 12.1 million and there are defenders in the next four games that are at least three million cheaper that I can think of off the top of my head that would be better picks for the next four games than William. And I agree with Flo. I think now is the time to drop Wolfsburg assets. Roussillon has really been one of the biggest disappointments of the season so far. They move to a, a three-man back line. He gets shifts up to, to left wing back and he actually performs worse than last season. Yeah. It's very hard to surprising. explain. Very, yeah. very surprising. Let's move on then. At Addy. Hummerman, I think he's got a full name there, but that's his Twitter handle. He's got a uh, two-part question, Flo. He first wants to know Coutinho, Gnabry or both? Definitely not both for me. It would be Coutinho because, I mean, Gnabry had muscle issues with the DFB team. We're not sure how serious that is, but I mean, why would 
Kovac start Nabri if he's not up to 100%. And that's why, for me, the risk of Nabri sitting on the bench and you paying a lot of money to get him is just too much for me. Coutinho also played during the international break, but their last game was on Sunday. And even if they played it in Singapore, I think it's enough time almost a week for him to regenerate from that game so for me it would be uh, definitely continue can can i ask is that also if you had to pick one player from now until the end of the season you'd back coutinho over gnabry he's definitely in the conversation the the only Mm. trouble i've got with the Bayern midfielders is that you probably have this frustrating weekends where they just don't play and there might even be weekends where they're not even sitting on the bench, but you see them in, in, in the crowd having a good time with their kids or stuff. Uh, mm. The camera's showing that. That's that's my, my issue I've got with the Bayern midfielders. It's just always risky to figure out uh, who's actually going to play. Yeah, it's it, that, I mean, it's literally the problem we've had with Bayern midfielders flow since Bundesliga fantasy began. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. That's, that problem hasn't changed. And just in case I said, I said his Ade, it may be Aid. His first name may be Aid. So I do, I do apologise if I got your first name wrong. His second part of the question is whether there are players who got injured or are doubts after the international break. We will be getting to that during the fixture list. So we'll move on to the next question for now, which again is a three-part question. I told you, bumper episode. We want to make up for the fact that we missed last episode. So lots of listener questions to get through. There's three more. But the first is from at Mirza Sahalic. And his first part of his three-part question flow is that he's stuck between Rashica and Andre Silva. And he's asking which is the better option considering they're both strikers that are proven they can score on average 10 points a game yeah uh, it's a tough decision maybe for this match day Silva is a decent choice but going forward the next three matches they don't look good for Frankfurt and that's why I personally if I have involvement in the Friday evening game it's probably on the Leverkusen side. That's why I had Silva. I think he's a good fantasy choice. But after the home game against Leverkusen, which isn't the easiest game you can have, they're closing out the next match day at Mönchengladbach. That's definitely not an easy fixture. And then they're hosting Bayern. So that are the next three fixtures. And that's why I'm, I'd prefer Rashica because of that. But... I probably won't have any of these two in, in my team personally until um, their fixture list lightens up a bit. Yeah, it's an interesting one. When I when unlimited transfers started, I, of course, got on the, the game immediately and was like, oh, yeah, I'll do all my transfers now and have at least a base idea. And that was admittedly with very little research. And I immediately picked Andre Silva because of his form. And then I looked at the fixture list and I took him back out again. Second part to Mirza's question, Flo, he, we talked about the Wolfsburg defence already with William, but he's asking about their cheap options like Knocher or Tisserand. Would you consider either of those two? No, there are a lot of cheap defenders you can go and uh, we'll talk about them later i was going to say you can go you could go even cheaper nowadays and we will talk about that later third part of his question and he wants to know alongside zentner now that castells is fit who should he name as his second goalkeeper yeah and i did a bit of research and looked up all the fixtures from now until the winter break so zentner is a lock for me and mirza seems to agree with that there are two clubs who play only two times uh, at the same kickoff time uh, their minds and have a cheap goalkeeper. And that's Frankfurt with Renault 
and Paderborn with Zingerle. Uh, I think Renault is around 7 million. Let me check quick. 7.3 million. And, and then we've got uh, Singale. I think he's at 5.4 million. Yeah. So these are the two goalkeepers I consider. I definitely prefer Renault. Um, but depending on like if I can use the 2 million and feel much better about a player, another position, then I probably bite the bullet and go Zingale Zentner. ZZ <laughs> at the, the bottom of my The squad. double Z goalkeeping option uh, yeah. and tactic. Yeah, no, I like that. Uh, and you know what? I don't really disagree with it. I just, ah, Paderborn, I swear. I don't know whether I want to touch them or not, or whether I trust myself to go with someone like Zingala. So yeah, it'd be a tough one. That, that will be a last minute decision for me. I mean, just one thing on, on goalkeepers. I mean, Zach and Stefan is amazing, but it couldn't surprise anyone if from now until the winter break, he's outscored by like 10 other goalkeepers because goalkeeper is such a volatile position and so much chance is involved in goalkeeper scoring. And if he's got matches where the opponents uh, don't get many shots and a few of them are in the goal, then Stefan is as average as, as he, every other goalkeeper uh, in the fantasy game. So if you want him with another pairing, I'm afraid you have to do the research on that by yourself because I just checked with Sentner and uh, Stefan is playing four times at the same kickoff times than Zentner from now until the winter break. He would have been my preferred target to pair up with Zentner, but it's not worse like having the double amount of match days where you can't use the advantage of having two goalkeepers. Of the goalkeepers we've kind of talked about as budget options, the, the one goalkeeper that Stefan doesn't match up with at any point is Ronov. At least over the next, uh, I think it's the next four games, if I'm correct. He doesn't, he doesn't match up with Ronov, but then you're shelling out over 14 million of your budget for two goalkeepers. And I'm not sure, you know, goalkeepers are important, don't get me wrong, but in terms of the points totals come the end of the season, they don't make a huge difference. Yeah, but we know uh, what pairing Milan has now, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, there's, I mean, there are a couple out there. There are a couple out there. And it's it's worth, it's as, as we said earlier, it is worth nailing down your goalkeepers now from now until the end of the first half of the season because it will just make your life a lot easier. Uh, providing, of course, there are no injuries and we knock on wood when, that, when we say that. Yeah, that's always the case and you have to yeah. do transfers. Uh, but that can happen to uh, more expensive goalkeepers as well so well uh, not to wish an injury on anyone flow but i think we want it to happen to the more expensive goalkeepers so that we get a budget backup option in there as well that we can look at in terms of fantasy that, that's what worked with pavel pervan i wouldn't say so well he wasn't outstanding but he was decent um, i think it's probably a, a good assessment of his performances since castells got injured okay two more questions to go the first from at labyrintha one who asks which budget slash mid-range midfielders would you recommend flow um, i rattle up the the list because uh, i think we have to get to the fixtures at one point but uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah and i'm not faulting you it's uh, probably me uh, uh, taking too much time but for me um, the guys that look at uh, derida and volve of Hatter, actually Elias Giri of Cologne uh, I think he has potential I mean Harit we talked about him 
Nuri Shahin, although I'm not the biggest fan of him, but his set-piece involvement keeps him afloat in the fantasy game. And then it's so of Frankfurt. And with him, you actually see on Friday uh, if he's going to play. He, I think he's a lock to do because uh, he's developing quite nicely. So these would be the guys uh, on the top of my head that I think are the, the worthiest investment in the mid-range. Yeah, you know what? I mean, I can throw in someone like Daichi Kamada because I think it's only a matter of time before he scores or is involved in a goal properly. Yeah, but um, I think with him, I don't think he plays. On Friday? Yeah. He played with Japan on Tuesday uh, in Tajikistan. and uh, mm. So I think he arrived back in Germany on Wednesday quite late. And like he's just got two days um i think it's not enough time to fully acclimatate uh, back especially since it's an evening game and like his biological clock will tell him it's after midnight when the kickoff is so i i best time to play football flow (laughs) yeah probably but i I don't think he plays um if he plays against leverkusen you definitely he's definitely an option no, you know what? Actually, for for this week, that's a fair assessment because I think you're, you're, yes, it's probably fair to say that he may not start. But I think if I'm right, he is the one Frankfurt. He's been inv- no, in fairness, he's not the only Frankfurt player, but he has definitely been involved as a starter or a substitute in every single one of Frankfurt's games in all competitions this season. So it shows you that he's obviously very or held in very high regard by Adi Hutter. But you are right. For this week, it's not a good idea. And we've already talked about Frankfurt's fixture list over the next two after that against Gladbach and Bayern. So Kamada may be not the best option right now, but one to keep in the back of your minds for the rest of the season. There was also another question from Labyrintha1. They ask, which three strikers do you think will have the highest points potential for the next five games apart from Robert Lewandowski? That's really a tough question because I'm I'm having trouble with my strikers. Kevin Folland, if Alario doesn't play, Timo Werner, definitely. Uh, no matter who else plays. Uh, Milot Rashica, if he's back to uh, 100%. And a Cologne striker. Only trouble is we're not 100% uh, who is going to start for Cologne. But their fixtures look very good. And I think they can up their game and uh, get into a good run of results and good fantasy points holes uh, along the way. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I, you know what? I'll throw out two other names, but I will give this with the proviso. These are much riskier choices than the ones that Flo has mentioned, maybe apart from the clone striker, depending on which one you go for. But Robin Kaizon of Mainz, 10.5 million. He is a forward in the game this season, which is disappointing because he was a midfielder last season. This would have been a great out-of-position option going forward. But I think Robin Kwaizon has a good chance of doing well over the next couple of fixtures, especially the next four when they face Dusseldorf, Köln, Leipzig and Union. So, of course, like the, the Leipzig game is a bit of an outlier there. But Kaizon is worth considering. And the other one is even more of a gamble because we don't know whether he's actually going to start or keep his spot after his incredible performance against Bayern. But that is, of course, Sargis Adamian of Hoffenheim. Eight million, a striker. He got 15 points against Bayern. And if he has secured that starting spot for Hoffenheim, he could be a very interesting option going forward. But Flo's right. Strikers are a big headache right now. I'd love to know who's going to score the most points over the next five games. And yes, it's anyone's guess, really. Final question then of part one before we get onto the fixture list. It's from at 
R. Ian Pritchard, who asks, is it crazy to go with no Dortmund players? He says they've got a tough schedule, poor results, and Bayern's cakewalk of a schedule have me thinking to invest elsewhere. Yeah, I don't think it's crazy at all. Right now, I'm looking at my uh, team and there's no black and yellow in it. So uh, I think I've I'd max out at uh, Jaden Sancho for me, but I can't afford him. So uh, <laughs> that's a bit of a problem. No, I'm, I've got like other players are higher my priority, and then I have to do the best with the budget that's left. And at the moment, it's not including Jaden Sancho for me. Uh, that might change until Friday evening and the kickoff, but. I don't think it's crazy at all. No, I, I, I don't think so either. I think this if there is a time to not have Dortmund players in your lineup, the next four games are it. And I don't think, in fairness, I actually think not having Dortmund players could be a pretty significant differential because I can't see many people after unlimited transfers not having any Dortmund players. And so let's say they do go on a bad run of form for the next four games or they keep their form up and their mentality problems or whatever you want to call them then that could be a big differential, big swing in your favour in your mini leagues. But OK, that brings us to an end of part one. We will take a very quick break. We'll be right back with the fixture list, all the team news and a few player picks as well. Welcome back to part two of Talking Foosball. Time for a rundown of the upcoming fixtures for match day eight. Starting with that Friday night game we have discussed a couple of times already. Frankfurt against Leverkusen. In terms of team use, the big uh, absentees are Kevin Trapp for Frankfurt and Charles Arangis for Leverkusen. It is worth noting we've talked about Kevin Folland, but no German player has been involved in more Bundesliga goals this calendar year than Kevin Folland with 21 uh, goal involvements to his name. And on the topic of strikers it's worth noting that an Eintracht Frankfurt striker has scored on each of the last six match days and eight of their 11 goals this season have come from either Paciencia, Silva or Dost. So Flo on the back of unlimited transfers how many players are too many for this Friday night game? More than three too much for me out of this game. Oh, you... But I think it's reasonably uh, three would be reasonable and if I'd go three, I'd go defender, midfielder and striker out of this game. OK, no, that's a, that's a reasonable thing to do. I like, I mean, that's a great strategy for Friday night fixtures anyway, if you can have three of them, because you can take them out if they don't do well, or they can give you a foundation for a really good weekend. On the topic of Eintracht Frankfurt strikers, though, Flo, Andre Silva against Gonzalo Paciencia. Silva's scoring for fun. Paciencia, since Silva's been in the starting lineup, has been a bit more patchy with his form, but he was their highest scorer against Werder Bremen. So where are you at on this debate? I'm Silva there, quite clearly. I, I like him more, although like one of the problems with Paciencia is that Silva's playing time is more locked up. It's not really an issue this week because we know the lineups. So it's actually closer than I saw that first lock. But, uh, I look, but in the longer run, uh, it would be Silva for me just because I think he's he's a more different player from Dost than Paciencia is. So I think most of the time, the pairing will be Silva and either Paciencia or Dost up front. Yeah, spot on. Uh, I completely agree with you. Then in terms of Leverkusen, who's top of your shopping list from Bayer? I think I know one name already, but... Yeah, it's Amari. Uh, Amiri. <laughs> Amari. Alario yeah. and Amiri all in yeah. one. Uh, Amiri is top of my list. And if Alario doesn't play, Folland is 
also quite high on my list. If Alario plays, Alario is actually quite high on my list. So that's definitely a situation I'm looking quite closely. And maybe it's even Lars Bender who I would look at because he's basically playing as a right winger. I brought him in and then he didn't play two match days in a row. So, But that's something we hinted at. It's not an issue in this match. So if he plays, he's only 7.7 million. I think he's a decent choice. And before we go to the next one, I think we have to mention, or I have to mention, Eric Durm. Oh, okay. Because he's definitely a sneaky option for 6.8 million if he's in the starting lineup. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it, I don't think we would have reckoned with Durm getting many minutes because Danny DaCosta... I think played in all 50 of Frankfurt's games last season, but Danny DaCosta himself has talked about it in interviews of the fact that Adi Hutter is looking to rotate more. And I'm sure, yeah, that position is one of the key ones for Frankfurt. So yeah, I, I like the Durham pick because he's looked good over the last yeah. uh, couple of games he's featured in. Absolutely. One thing I did want to ask you, because we've talked about strikers and you've mentioned Alario a couple of times, and I'm sure there may be some people listening and going, oh, I hadn't even thought of Alario. What are you not concerned at all about his record of of being very reliant on goals, kind of like Paco Alcázar? Not that much if he plays on Friday evening. I mean, he just scores a lot. So and he's ten million. I think like yeah, big difference. Yeah, the difference between him and Timo Werner is so big that I can maybe swallow it that he isn't the most consistent striker. Okay, that's fair enough. And and ultimately against. Other strikers in his price range, I'm thinking of the likes of Guido Burgstahler, Florian Niederlechner, who scored a couple of goals. I think you definitely want Alario over the likes of those types of strikers. So no, I just wanted to get your thinking on that for you to talk it out a bit for the listeners. So let's move on to the Saturday afternoon games then, starting with Leipzig against Wolfsburg. No real big injury news from either side. I guess the big one, or if there was one, it would be Admir Mehmedi has picked up an injury during the international break. So he's unlikely to feature at all. In terms of a few statistics, Marcel Sabitzer has had a hand in eight goals in all competitions this season, but... All of those have come away from home. Meanwhile, Wout Weghorst hasn't been in his best fantasy form, but he has provided a goal or an assist on six of the seven match days this season. So he is being very consistent, albeit not as prolific as we uh, came to know him in fantasy points sense, at least last season. But if you had to pick one player from this game flow, who would it be? Definitely Marcel Sabitzer. And I mean, I didn't bring in Wout Weghorst one time this season so far and I'm definitely not going to start soon although <laughs> I'm saying that and then next day they're hosting Augsburg and then <laughs> because definitely is interesting but then it would be a one and done for me because yeah. I'm definitely I, I'm not buying that Wolfsburg is the second best team in the league uh, no I well after watching their game against Union Berlin I, I'm 100% with you they were very lucky to get a win there and they played some horrendously unattractive football it has to be said but I got rid of Weghorst uh, the minute unlimited transfers hit it was the time I was glad I had him in from the start but now was the time to do it okay Bremen against Hertha top rack is a doubt for Bremen and you know maybe rush back but I think Kohlfeldt's probably more likely to err on the side of caution meanwhile there's no other really big team news uh, Werder unbeaten in 11 Bundesliga games against Hertha which is their longest uh, current run against any team meanwhile Berlin's captain Abisovic has had three goals in his last two games against Köln and Fortuna Dusseldorf, but he actually hasn't scored against Werder since 
2010. Who's your pick from this game flow? It's Vladimir Darida, uh, 7.5 million. I think he's in great shape. He scored uh, with the Czech uh, international team as well, not just with the club. Uh, he's locked into the position uh, as the number 10 for Berlin. And there, like their sk- the schedule is up in the neutral area. They're playing now at Bremen. Then it's uh, at home against Hoffenheim, which is also decent. And then it's uh, the Berlin Derby against Union. So it's uh, I think you can put Darida at least for the next three uh, fixtures in your squad. And that's what I'm, I'm going to do probably. Yeah, I mean, 40 points in his last two games. He is the new Andre Duda. And that is not just in terms of his form and his position for Hertha, but also his price, 7.5 million. So, yeah, no, I, I think Dorito is hard, is very hard to ignore right now because he's getting involved in so many shots on goal. He also takes corners. So, yeah, Dorito is a wonderful option to have at your disposal. OK, Fortuna Dusseldorf against Mainz is the next game. There's no real big new injury news from either side. I feel like I'm going to say that a lot this afternoon, but forgive me for that. Now, Fortuna, they've thrown away a 1-0 lead in each of their last five Bundesliga games. No side has ever done that in six running in the Bundesliga. On the other hand, there's something to say about goals that put teams 1-0 up. And uh, we've mentioned Robin Kaizon. All three of his goals so far this season have also earned him an extra fantasy point for being the winning Oh, actually, no, you know what? I actually can't guarantee that because I don't know the results off the top of my head. But he scored to put them 1-0 up on all occasions. If they'd gone on to win that game, he would have got an extra point. If there was an equaliser in between, that wouldn't have been the case. So maybe uh, don't trust me fully on that one. But Flo, who are you picking from this one? I won't. <laughs> you, should, you never should, Flo. You know well enough. You know well enough. My player pick is uh, Daniel Brozinski for that match. I think he's at least safe for one more game. Uh, to be in the starting lineup because Aaron Martin and uh, Pierre Gabriel are both in doubt for that game. And then after that, Mainz has a Friday evening game. So you will know if Brozinski is keeping his starting job or not. And if he's doing so, he actually, I looked that up, he's a defender with the most shot involvement on average per 90 minutes. So, And that's definitely what you want. And he takes penalties. And he takes penalties. But just let me have a quick look. Uh, 5.37 shots uh, he's involved in on average per 90 minutes. So that's a great stat. And that's better than uh, Joshua uh, Kimmich, if you actually can wow. believe that. That is mightily impressive. There's a reason I had Brzezinski in my side, and that has just cemented his position even more, Flo. So thank you yeah. very much for that. And on the on the note of Robin Kaizon, uh, he hasn't got a single extra point for scoring the winning goal because they lost 3-1 against Gladbach and against Hertha and Paderborn. They conceded an equaliser. So I have now corrected myself on that front. Two more games to go then from the afternoon kickoffs on Saturday. Union against Freiburg. Again, no breaking team news, uh, no real big injuries to take into consideration that are new. For Union, Sebastian Anderson, he's won 114 challenges this season, including 44 in the air, both are league highs. So he is the new Yusuf Palsen of the Bundesliga. Unfortunately, challenges one don't quite have the same effect they once had in the Bundesliga fantasy game. Meanwhile, for Freiburg, they've actually won all three of their away games this season. The last time they managed to do that was March, April of 2012, but never before have they won four on the bounce. Are you backing them to do that with your player pick flow? 
Yeah, I think they have a good shot of winning this one. Although it will be tough, but all Freiburg games are pretty close. I think they can edge this one out because they just have like a good run. And Christian Günther, I already talked about him. He's my choice. And one thing uh, to add on the Brzezinski, because I wanted to make sure that I'm not stating the facts wrong, but Joshua Kimmich is involved in 4.35 shots on average per 90 minutes. So it's one less than Brzezinski, actually. But Kimmich, <laughs> I mean, Kimmich is involved in a lot more goals, and that's why he has m many more points Brozinski, but just to, to add that stat and Günther is my player pick. So uh, I, I hope I did confuse you all with jumping back and forth. That's right. right. We're, now. We're, we're both fact-checking. Because that was definitely my goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's these Mainz players yeah. uh, these Mainz players are giving, giving us a fact checking headache uh, this evening so yeah there you go but yeah okay Christian Gunter I think is definitely the number one pick if you were looking at Union against Freiburg last game then of the 3.30 kickoffs Augsburg against Bayern again no major team news to report Florian Niederlechner has scored half of Augsburg's Bundesliga goals this season four of eight but he pales in comparison to the man his counterpart Robert Lewandowski who has 15 goals club goals I should say in all competitions this season the most of any player in Europe's top five leagues and that's not including his form for Poland during the international break there was a bit of a scare at one point that he may have picked up an injury but he is a man machine and just keeps going but are you picking him Flo for this one yeah I would but I think it's too boring and Kimmich would be too boring as well and that's why I'm going with Felipe Coutinho Ooh. I think he yeah he can be a big differential because I think a lot of people are afraid to go there 16.8 million is a big price tag and then you never know if like Kovac chooses to to start Müller uh, I personally don't think so I think uh Continue will will start, and if he's in the lineup, he's uh, he's a fantastic fantasy asset. So, if I can make it work budget wise, uh, I think he has a good chance to be on my squad. And I mean, I think he will be elated if he hears that. Yeah, that's it. It's been interesting to watch his popularity in the game, and I'm talking the percentage of teams that he is picked by rise since he's first broken onto the scene and interestingly and I'm not so surprised about this but the man who has dropped in popularity since then is Serge Gnabry so a lot of people obviously getting rid of Gnabry to bring in Coutinho but as we've pointed out that's a bit of a risky strategy with both of them because yeah they are both rotation risks they are buying midfielders that is the headache that we so often have okay let's move on to the Saturday evening game a big one the battle of the Borussias in terms of team news Pakar Kather is still out injured so is Lukas Piszczek there's no new big faces on the sidelines for Gladbach. Now, Dortmund have won their last eight matches against Borussia Mönchengladbach, which is their currently their longest winning streak against any club. But from Gladbach's side, they are, of course, top of the table. And one of the main reasons is that they've got some strikers that are actually scoring goals now, which is a big thing. Between them, Player, Mbolo and Turam, they've scored 10 of Gladbach's 15 Bundesliga goals this season. So how are we feeling about the battle of the Borussia's flow? We've talked about the fact that Borussia Dortmund it wouldn't be too crazy not to have any in there is there anything we can add about Gladbach yeah I'll definitely won't have any Gladbach player uh, in my squad because for me Dortmund is still the favorites uh, to win this one especially their recent form against uh, Gladbach is amazing and 
Favre and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of if you go down the narrative street with Royce and his former club and and Favre's former club and yeah, I I still favor Dortmund in this one, but not so much that I feel great about the Dortmund assets. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't have any involvement in that game and get my flexibility with loading up on the Sunday matches. Okay, I mean, that was that was exactly what I was going to ask you there because you were talking about maybe not having anyone from this game at all. In terms of flexibility, you would you would recommend people look at the Sunday games instead of this one then? Is that what I've just gathered? I can't fold anybody to buy a Dortmund player. Yeah, it's an, I mean, it's an odd one, right? Because Dortmund-Gladbach, it has the propensity or the, the potential to have a lot of goals in it. They're both attacking sides. They, they both definitely have better front lines than they do back lines. I don't think that's an unfair assessment of either side. Yeah. But this is, is a very tricky Saturday evening fixture. And so, yeah, I think yeah, I think I'm with you, Flo. I think I'm with you about moving on to the Sunday game. So we might as well move quickly on. Yeah, but we have to... one, one quick add. Yeah, please. Sancho and Hakimi would be my choices if I would buy uh, any Dortmund players. Okay, see, I, I was actually, I asked you about Hakimi the last episode we did record. Yeah. And you were a little unsure of him, but with Pishek out, it's become more... Yeah, but yeah. Pishek is injured, yeah. That's giving me clarity that he's going to play. Yeah, and, well, and we talk about Brzezinski's attacking threat, let's be honest. Hakimi's definitely got some attacking threat to his game as well. He loves to bomb up that wing. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the Sunday games then, because these are two crucial fixtures for flexibility on this first game week back from unlimited transfers. Köln against Paderborn is the first game now. Köln have scored a league-high three goals in injury time this season. Jonas Hector getting a dramatic equaliser against Schalke to prevent them going top of the table actually last time out before the international break absolute madness as for Paderborn in all competitions they are actually unbeaten in six against Cologne so this may not be the you know dead rubber that we expect it to be in terms of Cologne being the favourites but let's be honest Paderborn have been scoring goals in the Bundesliga this season which has been good to see so how are you feeling about this one Flo is Cologne the team to invest in yeah I, I think so uh, especially when you think about that they're playing at Mainz on a Friday evening next week and that makes it juicy uh, the matchup against Paderborn although you can also make an argument to load up on Paderborn because they're hosting Düsseldorf next week so I think uh, actually you could invest in both teams and could do fine I personally um, prefer uh, going the Cologne side okay so who are the who are the budget players that we should be looking at because this is the beauty of both Paderborn and Köln is they offer us low budget options well if you want to go really cheap you can't go any cheaper than going with Noah Katterbach <laughs> yeah true <laughs> he's one million played his first Bundesliga game at Schalke as a left back because Hector was needed in uh, defensive midfield and it will probably still be that way on Sunday because Berger Fastrate is not 100%. That means Katerbach is going to start as a left back and you only pay 1 million for him. And you get the added bonus. I mean, if he has a decent game, it's not out of the question that he stays in and Hector plays in midfield uh, permanently. And we know that next week Cologne plays on a Friday evening so uh, if Katerbach is then out because Verstraate is back then you can sell him so I, I think he's a cheap option but I'll probably personally go with Jonas Hector for 11.2 million playing as a midfielder I hinted at it so he's a defender in the game that's that's what I like 
and I think he's a great choice moving forward. That's interesting. I wasn't I wasn't convinced you'd be so keen on Hector at eleven point two million. I know he's out of position. I know he got seventeen points against Schalke because he scored a goal, but. I mean, Hector is so much more the defensive solidity than he is the creative spark going forward. So I'm just wondering how many shots on goal he's really actually going to be involved in, whether taking them himself or setting them up. Well, he had at least two shots at goal at Schalke, but he also did win more than 15 challenges. And for a defender, that's also something I look at. So he did pick up six points for one challenges because he wins quite a lot of challenges when he plays as a holding midfielder. So uh, I think he's pretty reliable. And if he can pick up a clean sheet here or there and be involved in goals, and I think that's a possibility against uh, Paderborn and Mainz going forward. And after that, it's Dusseldorf. So I actually, uh, I like Cologne players very much. And Hector is near the top of my shopping list. Okay. No, that's fair. I mean, it's a, yes, it's fair. Fair enough. He's, he's got a track record. And uh, admittedly, he's not as expensive as he was in the season that Köln got relegated either. Yeah. And let's be honest, if, if, he had, if he had scored the header against Schalke, I'm sure we would have been talking about Kingsley Ihezi Bouet as well at 6.7 million. He gets into some great positions, but his yeah. fantasy output hasn't really matched what I've seen on the pitch from him, I think is a fair assessment. Of course, he got hampered by the, the, the sending off as well. But yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting one. In terms of their strikers, you've talked about the fact that you would want to Cologne striker and there is a lot of uncertainty about who is going to start flow so how would you how would you recommend listeners navigate that situation if they are tempted like you to go for a Cologne striker I would go all in on Simon Terodde actually oh the cheapest of the lot yeah and I think he's the only one who's basically a lock to start but on the other hand he's the one I like the least <laughs> as a player but I will go there. I probably uh, will feel Terodde just because I know he's going to play. We know he can score and Paderborn is the right club to score against. So that's why I would go with, with him. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I would say as well to listeners, don't be put off by the fact that he only got three points against Schalke. They, Cologne really had very little of the ball in the final third and Sima Terodde got so few touches it wasn't even funny. He worked his rear end off running the hard yards, but there was very little end product. But I think against Paderborn, as Flo's alluded to, we can expect a very different outcome. Okay, let's move on to the final game then. Hoffenheim against Schalke, because this is a big one when people may not be as tempted to dip into Köln Paderborn, even with Köln's fixture list. It's just a bit of a tricky one, two newly promoted teams. Hoffenheim Schalke, I think people will feel a little more safe in going for those types of options. In terms of Injuries, Belfadil, Samaseku and Tsuba are all out for Hoffenheim. But there was the news that Andre Kramaric is back in training. It remains to be seen whether he'll be fit enough to play on Sunday. I think if you're a betting man, you'd bet against that happening. For Schalke, there's no team news because the only player missing is uh, Nabil Bentaleb. Now, we mentioned uh, uh, Damian. Uh, he's actually only the second Armenian to play in the Bundesliga after Henrik Mikitarian. And yeah, he, of course, he scored two goals in his first start in the league against 
Bayern and funnily enough those two goals make him Hoffenheim's outright top scorer this season as for Schalke their top scorer is Amin Harit with four but between him and Swat Serdar they've actually scored half of Schalke's goals this season seven between them that's very impressive and that is why we were having the debate we were having earlier flow but in terms of this being the final fixture how are you feeling who would you back yeah I don't Where's like the that risk? being the final fixture because <laughs> no. like there's actually a budget play I'm very very high on in, in that match and that's Stefan Posch oh wow um, of Hoffenheim because he started playing as a right back and he actually looked quite good doing that at Munich and uh, was involved in a lot of the attacking play. And I was always saying, what is Posh doing up there? Uh, I mean, he even got a lot, uh, got shots at goal, but he's playing as a right back now in Katarabek. He's also, he would also be interesting, but he's much more expensive as playing as a right winger now. So both of these guys are interesting to me, but it's always risky uh, to close out the match day with a defender of a team I'm not 100% sure of. Schalke, we've got Arid. He's definitely a good option. I don't like that. I can't figure really that much out. And I think that might be, uh, that game might be a low scoring affair. So that's why I'm not as high on this game as I am on the Cologne Paderborn game. So I probably have more involvement in Cologne Paderborn and will probably have Posh. Or and maybe uh, Arid out of this match. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's interesting because you mentioned it earlier. Now wouldn't be the worst time to invest in Hoffenheim. They've just been such a mixed bag this season, not just out on the pitch, but in terms of fantasy points as well. I mean, we've got Skov, who's now being used as a left wing back, left back at times, despite the fact that he was touted for big things in front of goal this season after making a summer switch to Hoffenheim. And I mean, it it is a tricky one. And I agree with you. It's one of the more uncomfortable fixtures that could have been chosen as the last one. Now, I've already got Harit in my team. I'm also looking at Kenny. But yeah, I mean, it's a yeah, Chipka's out there as well. But Schalke, I mean, Schalke, other than the Dortmund game on match day nine, don't have too bad a fixture list either with Hoffenheim, Augsburg and Dusseldorf. So I think either way, Flo, it's fair to say you're gambling if you pick t- uh, players from either of these teams, right? Yeah. I mean, the Hoffenheim fixtures are decent as well at home against Schalke. That's neutral at uh, Hertha. That's neutral. And then it's a Friday evening game against Paderborn. So I think it's... The outlook is okay. Well, that does that makes them even more attractive. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but I just don't like that it's the last match this week of, of the of the match day because I mean, how many goals did Hoffenheim score so far? Oh, well, not many. Give it. Is it four? Or, uh, they have scored. I mean, six. it's a ridiculous low. Six. Yeah, yeah. Amount. Yeah, yeah. Six, six yeah they had four games. going into Munich, and yeah, they got six goals in seven games. I mean, a lot of fantasy. Well, you come through goals and shots on goal. And with them hosting Schalke, I'm, I'm just not sure that there's a lot of fantasy gold in that match. No, that, I, no I, I'd agree, especially with Hoffenheim. Yeah, you're right. The, the six goals is a worry. I mean, Belfadil hasn't looked himself. Elas Bebu hasn't really hit the ground running the way I expected him to. As I mentioned, Skov's been played out of position and doesn't even look like a striker anymore or a winger. Uh, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a strange one because we've, got, we've become so used to Hoffenheim being this attacking side that score lots of goals and play very entertaining football. And uh, Schroeder's definitely, or Schroeder, excuse me, has definitely changed things up a little bit this season. But then they were always going to struggle after Nagel 
Nagelsmann. Uh, so I guess that was to be expected. OK, but we're talking about gambles on the Sunday night. Let's move on to our player picks. And speaking of gambles, let's talk about our Vegas choice flow. Who are you going for on match day eight? For me, it's Philippe Coutinho. I think he has one of the best risk-reward ratios of all players, especially since he should be quite a differential pick. So even if he's expensive, I, like I'm itching, like I have this itch that I want to bring in Coutinho. <laughs> hey, I can understand. I can understand. And I'm not sure that I can satisfy it, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see okay, about that. Well, th- yeah, we'll find out next week man- whether you manage to scratch it or not. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, yeah owned by 8% of, of players in Bundesliga fantasy. Uh, he definitely has the potential to be a massive differential. Um, I have gone down a different route. I've actually gone with Daniel Brzezinski. We've talked him up all episode, and rightly so. But there is still the question mark as to whether he starts this weekend. I think I would say I'm about 80% confident, but there is that little bit of risk that with Aaron Martin back, he could drop back out of the side. But if he if he does play, I think at 9.1 million and with that Friday fixture the following weekend, I think Brzezinski is a fantastic choice. And I am, I'll be honest, I'm 95% likely to take the gamble with him this week. Okay, how about Super Schnepchen then, Flo? Actually, we already know, don't we? <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm- I'm not going to steal your thunder, uh, James, and that's why I go with Stefan Posh for 6.5 million. I, I appreciate uh, that. Uh, you can you can throw uh, out the f- the stats from his uh, first six games out of the window because he's now playing as a right back, and he actually did a very good job doing that. And he just showed with the uh, uh, Austrian international team uh, how like that he's a, a goal threat. He scored for them and a very important goal. So I think. Posh brings the goal threat of a centre-back uh, at set-pieces with being on the wing and actually uh, he looked good doing it uh, at Munich. And uh, I don't think it's harder to look good against Hernandez than it is to look good against Ochipka. So I like Stefan Posh. Yeah, I think I think that would be a fair assessment. And I, I do like the pick because, as you say, I mean, he's been, in, he's been involved in every Hoffenheim-Bundesliga game this season. So... In terms of consistent minutes and consistent performances, he's definitely a valuable pick in that sense. Yeah, and the worst thing that could happen is that he plays as a centre-back again. But I don't think it will happen. But it could, then, uh, I mean, his ceiling is capped. But still, uh, I, I think there's no doubt that he's in the starting lineup. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I think he's a guaranteed starter. And you're right, it's whether then uh, Schroeder goes for a, f- a three-man or a four-man back line against Schalke on Sunday. You're right, it's, it's a tricky one. But uh, again, with Posh, he gives you flexibility and so does my super Schnepchen. And it is someone we've mentioned. It's Noah Katterbach. Because he wasn't involved in an attacking sense against Schalke and I'm not necessarily sure he is going to be the most adventurous of left-backs given the fact that he's only 18 years old and he's making you know his Bundesliga debut last time out and he's still getting to know the ropes in the top flight and whether he'll have the confidence then to push forward down the left wing is questionable but the thing is he only costs you one million Uh, he's a fantastic budget buster he gives you a bit of flexibility this weekend and we've seen stranger things happen I mean we saw Christoph Lentz get 14 points on match day seven and there's not to say that Katterbach couldn't do the same and spring a surprise but I wouldn't look at him as a consistent source of points but at one million it's really hard not to be attracted by that price tag for a starting left back who will be playing against Paderborn this weekend. Okay, let's talk about Banker then. Yeah, I think, but uh, I mean, you mentioned him. So I think we can give Christopher Lenz also a shout out for 1.8 million. Yeah. He's definitely viable this week, but then they're going into Munich. So 
if I'd go Lens, I'd have like a backup plan what I'm going to do with him next week because I don't want to be stuck with Lens for weeks and weeks like I did at yeah. the start of the season and not being able to to get him out of my lineup because he just gives you less than two million in budget if you sell him. So then it's you you have to think about what you're going to do. But for this week, I think Lens at home against Freiburg is also a good budget choice for 1.8. Yeah, I would completely agree with that. And you're right. At one point, I was even considering having Katterbach and Lenz in my squad. But as you pointed out, I was then thinking, what would I do the next week against Bayern? And to get rid of Lenz, you then need to sell one of your premium options. So if you've got a plan in place where you can set yourself up for two transfers next week and not be too worried... I mean, it's a risky strategy because you just never know with injuries, team selections, rotations and whatnot, what's going to happen. But I, I will be honest, I did consider it at one point. Admittedly, it's not what I've stuck with now moving forward. OK, so let's let's close off the show then, Flo. The banker, who are you going with? Yeah, I'm sticking my neck out and I'm saying it's, <laughs> yes, you it's are. going to be Simon Terode. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually uh, at that game uh, with a family and uh, I will celebrate uh, Terada Hattrick, he being my star <laughs> man. I will be very happy in the stands uh, when he scores. Well, all, all I, I just hope the cameras catch you then at some point. But no, I did. I saw you had written him down for your banker and I did. My eyes definitely you know shot a little wider than they were when i saw it but i i can see the logic behind it i like the flexibility yeah, give me like apart from Lewandowski, there's no surefire striker this week and i think tirada has as good as anyone's shot of being a 20 plus striker this week uh, yeah that's it i actually as i say my i my i bolted it a little bit but the logic the logic is sound the flexibility the game against paderborn there is the risk of course that he may get dropped but i don't think so on the back of his performance against schalke i think yeah and everything you hear out of cologne is basically they searching who to pair up with Terada. Right, yeah. so uh and 8.9 million that's also a big argument for him yeah that could save you big on your budget in fairness i could save you a bit on your budget as well but i was actually for exactly the reason you just mentioned flo other than Lewandowski, there's no strikers that are really guaranteed i was struggling for a banker and so i went to my old pattern of going for form and at that point i think for a friday night game given the form he's in given the fact that he's only 11.3 million i actually don't think andre silva would be a bad choice for this week and i think that's kind of the way i have to put it because leverkusen flo mentioned their clean sheets but let's be honest they they haven't looked incredibly defensively solid at times i mean champions league performances stand out in particular but andre silva i think given his form at 11.3 is, is probably a valuable choice this week yeah, I like it. But that was that really was because the banker was a genuinely tough choice this time around. Yeah, really tough. If you don't go like, oh, my banker is Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Kimmich or any, actually anyone yeah. from Bayern um, would have potentially been a safe pick. But yeah. that is that is the beauty of unlimited transfers. It's the beauty of the international breaks. They can throw you a bit of a loop sometimes. And we haven't been handed the easiest fixture list afterwards either. So, yeah, uh, ultimately, I hope what we have talked about in this bumper episode uh, will help you make your decisions when it comes to unlimited transfers. But that will bring us to an end of this week's Talking Foosball Fantasy episode. Don't forget to follow us at Talking Foosball on Twitter. Give us a like on Facebook. And if you haven't yet, join the Talking Foosball Fantasy League 
for now from me, your host, James Sorrow, Good Flow, and the rest of the Talking Foosball crew. Auf Wiederhören. Auf Wiederhören. <laughs>